0: Today on CityCast Boise, I'm talking with Jody Eichelberger from Searles Place about why Garden City has become the hottest neighborhood around. Amazing galleries, great hangs, and fabulous First Fridays. Is GC the new downtown? It's Thursday, December first, 2022. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. jody thanks for coming on
1: hi emma i'm super happy to be here
0: i've been thinking about this interview and i wanted to ask you your thoughts on this since you live you both live and work down in garden city so like when we were kids the downtown boise was like
1: (laughs) i know where you're going with this
0: (laughs) downtown boise was like the center of the universe right like everything was downtown and all of All the fun stuff we did was downtown. But like in the last like few years, so much of what made downtown unique and fun has been completely replaced by like chains and hotels. So Uh, what do you think? Is is Garden City going to be the new downtown? Because it's so fun and unique down there.
1: Interesting. Uh, so you didn't go exactly where I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to bring up some of the nicknames for Garden City that oh. <laughs> w- that existed when we were growing up. Uh, oh, yeah. Go for ga- it. There was Garbage City. There was uh, Garden Shitty. A bunch of different ones. Uh, this whole idea of it just being like where people were kind of just dropped off at a dead end. And now the joke is, okay, so yes, I'm the program director of Searle's Place, but I'm also kind of the poster child of the Live, Work, Create district and try to support the other people that are doing that too. Uh, And it's a totally different place. Uh, When I moved back... Uh, from New York, my partner suggested, hey, let's go take a walk in Garden City. And I was like, what? Are you kidding? And uh, even then, the wave had already been put in. This was back in 2014. And that development, and it was, I was like, what is happening here? This is, this is something new. But I think Cyril Mitchell, who we're named after, the artist who lived and was on planning and zoning in Garden City and created the live LiveWork uh, Zoning Meaning that in the same property, you could have someone who lives there, but they also have a gallery or a studio, or uh, maybe they have a little tea shop or something, and it's in the same building. Um, so that was something that y- unique that was a vision for us here, I think, was the vision of this real kind of very fluid borders of creativity, of living, working, having fun. And I really feel like when I do, the joke is that I don't leave Garden City. And there is actually some truth to that. I tend to make people come to me. Uh, But when I do leave and cross the river over into like the west end over there of Boise, I immediately feel the difference between the energy of this neighborhood and the energy of other neighborhoods.
0: Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I mean when I think of it being like maybe you know, the new downtown or whatever is not so much a, more of a like artistic center to a city where like that, that was what downtown used to feel like for me, but has been replaced in a lot of ways. But like, you know, I think about how many art studios are down in Garden City. There's, you know, 20, 30, I don't know, but there's so many. Do you have some favorites down there? What are your favorite art studios down there in like galleries?
1: I have to acknowledge the the ones that really were here in the early days, the pioneers who people thought were crazy when they moved over here. And that, of course, is the <laughs> Visual Arts Collective, uh, which is one of the biggest galleries in the state, I imagine. I mean, excluding Sun Valley. <laughs> but uh, it's only local artists. They have shows up for two months There's a huge amount of space to exhibit in there. They have gallery hours every Saturday, almost every Saturday from noon to six. And it's one of, I mean, honestly, it's one of the best galleries in Idaho, as far as I've been able to see. And that's open, you know, almost every weekend during events. Contrast that to the newest gallery, which is a good sign to me that there is new activity moving in. We have a guy who just moved back from New York and he's opened up a gallery that is called Neo Vision, which is just off of 37th Street. And he'll be open for first Friday uh, tomorrow night from 5.30 to 8.30, and has one of our heavy hitters in Boise artist, Bill Lewis, is exhibiting in there, and he's that's going to be the closing of his show. Oh, wow. Nice. And I went in there the other day, and it's amazing. He's uh, replaced the industrial garage door with a half-glass wall that lets in this northern light that just floods the space with light. He's got the big blank walls, the high ceilings. And then another super new... It's now called the Commonwealth, and it's in the old Culligan Building. And it's a creative league and co-working club. It has 10,000 square feet of studios, shared workspace, a gallery, and green space. And they're also going to be open tomorrow night with music, drinks, and tours of the building. Um, The artists, we have Catherine Shaughnessy in her studio. Uh, She has paintings, drawings, carvings, videos inspired by rivers, rising seas, uh, UFOs. Borders and an in-progress 308-piece mixed-media portrait of the Rio Grande. <laughs> mm, <laughs> and okay. most of those works are for sale. <laughs> and some new artists over there, there's a uh, Kim Laurel Rao, who uh, just had a huge commission on, a, on the Martha, which is a new building downtown. She did a giant uh, mural that's on one side of that building. She's now got her studio there. And then, of course, Searle's Place and our iconic green box, which has been used for installation art for the last several years. Uh, we have Stephanie Inman in there, and she's done kind of a meta piece because it's mini green box. So it's uh, she's replicated in her style of miniatures the green oh, box fun. itself <laughs> inside the green box.
0: <laughs> oh, so that's great.
1: That's really fun. And she just won the Idaho Arts Governor's Award.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so, you know, we've got some cred in here. Yeah,
0: you do. Yeah. To
1: display. Yeah.
0: You mentioned First Friday and I know this is the final one. And I was looking through the events and it just sounds incredible. Do you want can you tell us about what's going to happen on Friday?
1: Well, we've been doing this for a few years, but this is the first year we've acknowledged that our December First Friday is dark. So we're trying to make that a strength this year, and we've invited a bunch of digital projection artists to light up our buildings in the district. So this is the first time we've ever done this. Uh, I'm super excited about it. Joseph Haskin is a local artist. He collected a whole bunch of uh, people. He's collaborating with the Searles Place resident Rui Chowdhury, who's here from New York, who was born in Pakistan. And she's doing a reading actually tonight at Searles Place at 7 o'clock. And she and he are working on a collaboration with this interactive video that will be in the gallery where people can move in the space and it affects the projection. But the star is lighting up the buildings. We've got Bree Shettle and Elise Ambriel Hannah projecting on one side of Searle's Place. Joseph has another uh, projection on the front of Searle's Place. Uh, Goran Fazil is going to be on the front of Spaceport. Jared Halleck and Ryan Donahue are on the north-facing wall of Dixon Container, which is a giant white wall.
0: Yeah, and it's such a good idea since it's like the darkest time of the year. You know, it's dark at five now. And it does sound so nice to go down and just see everything all lit up.
1: We'll also have some fires set up in different places so you can warm up a little bit. Uh, But yeah, that's going to be real fun.
0: So, Jody, sometimes, you know, if people used to have the opinion of Garden City that it was, like, kind of dumpy uh, and that now, you know, that's a misconception now, um, I feel like now it's almost sort of shifted where people sort of assume that it's, like, a very unaffordable area or it's, like, mostly Airbnbs. What do you think about, like, the misconceptions people have about Garden City?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, now I'm starting to wonder if it is a misconception because I actually have an Airbnb in my own home. so. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> representing that. But the difference is, is that I live there too, so it's a shared yes. space, uh, and we enjoy like having some guests from sometimes even overseas and from all over the U.S. and get to introduce them to our neighborhoods. But it is true; it is expensive, and and I live in a neighborhood that the prices have. I think they've risen everywhere, but our property values have just skyrocketed. So I couldn't afford to come into this neighborhood now, which is pretty scary. There are some efforts to have some interesting, more affordable places to live. Uh, There's a developer who's trying to work on a tiny house community, which could be interesting if that can get approval and go through. In a way, it's a different version of a mobile home park, which Garden City used to be really known for. And even this neighborhood, we had mobile home parks right on the river, which have since been... Uh, demolished and are being replaced. There are some projects, of apartments, but, you know, part of the process, and this I don't understand, but part of the process in that approval, there's nothing about, well, what do you think the, the rate is going to be for these places? Like, how much are they going to be? There's nothing in the approval process about affordability that I could see. And you know, the design was not very inspired in my opinion, but I would have been more willing to to get behind it if I had known, well, look, this is going to be less expensive and will offer a place for people of moderate means to live in your, in this neighborhood. Then I could be more excited about it. But what I'm afraid is it's going to be kind of a boring building that's still crazy expensive. But I mean, places right now, we have a house right here on the corner that hasn't I think it's on the market now for $1.2 million. Wow. Yeah.
0: Which, you know, that's a very fair critique of what Garden City has become was, you know, it used to be a very affordable place to live and then it got popular and a lot of people got moved out. You know, like you said, they demolished the mobile home parks, the parks they evicted people. And you're, when you were talking about earlier, like your hope was that this was going to be be a very affordable area for artists to live and work and create and that you were going to build this community. And it sounds like, you know, maybe that I I don't want to say failed, but like, you know, has really taken a pretty heavy blow if houses are selling for 1.2 million. It's, not usually artists who are moving into those areas.
1: Well, and it's the classic progression of artists concentrated in an area making it really interesting and desirable and developers really starting to pay attention to that. And in a way, our efforts with First Friday and the programs that we offer at Searles Place are partly responsible for getting those developers' attention. And the only thing that we hope that and that is kind of affirming is that a lot of these developers have specifically mentioned the cultural activities in their proposals, and so they're aware of those. But our challenge as an arts organization is to try and stay relevant. Right now, the only way that we've really been able to do that is by paying attention to these applications, trying to get in touch with these developers and say, hey, what place can art have in this development? And one interesting example is the Casino Beach development that's right at the end of 34th Street. They've actually talked about writing in First Friday into their HOA that these uh, downstairs utility doors that it can roll up on Friday nights and that space could be made available to artists to showcase their work in those spaces. And there's also the possibility that that space could be rented to artists on a full-time basis. So maybe they become studios and the homeowners live above. I don't know how realistic that is. Uh, I appreciated the proposal. And if we can make it work, we'll certainly try. But, you know, one of the saddest examples, we used to have a a group called Garden City Projects that was over on the other side of Chinden on on 33rd Street. And they lost their space, and we desperately wanted to keep them in this neighborhood. And we took them around to some different things, and there was nothing that they could afford, and so they had to move out of the neighborhood. And that was, you know, an an example of kind of a tragedy that happened in the process of growth.
0: Mm, Yeah, well, uh last question here and it's an important one for people because it's much like the Boise Boise debate. Uh People are always debating this. So as the unofficial mayor of Garden City, <laughs> I'd like your final word on, is it Chinden or Shinden?
1: Whoa, okay, I don't know. It's a good thing I'm not planning on launching a political career because I might <laughs> uh, I might be putting a line in the ground here. I actually just changed my pronunciation of this within the last month. And growing up, I pronounced it with a sh sound like Mm -hmm. But we have a new mural on the side of Spaceport by Danielle Hurd that celebrates the heritage of this area and how it originated with the Chinese gardens. And that, you know, the name Chinden, I'm now saying, is those two words fused together, Chinese and garden. So we've taken the den at the end of garden and taken the chin from the front of... Well, then it should probably be Chindon, actually. So maybe I have mm. to introduce a third pronunciation.
0: <laughs> You've complicated this. <laughs> you so, were supposed to simplify it. <laughs> sorry.
1: So I'm going with Chindon now, and okay. that is to honor that heritage and that history of this of this area. So, yep, I, I'm making the official proclamation that it should be pronounced Chindon.
0: All right. You heard it, Boise. It's Chinden. Well, thank you, Jody, for coming on. This was so much fun.
1: Thank you, Emma. And I look forward to seeing you at First Friday.
0: I'll be there. If you're interested in checking out Garden City's final First Friday of the year, it runs Friday, December 2nd, from 530 to 830 p.m. We'll put more info in the show notes. And in other news, KTVB reports that Andy Avalos was named Mountain West Coach of the Year. Avalos is the first Bronco to win Conference Coach of the Year honors since Chris Peterson in the Western Athletic Conference in 2008 and 2009. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell Kristen Armstrong? Leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Nobody can say it's Garden Shitty ever again. Nobody can call it that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, I don't think it. You've done it, Jodi. Yeah. It's garden pretty now and you've done it. Uh, you've, you've accomplished it. <laughs> and here
1: I am wearing a track suit. But thank you for the
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to tell the people but now they know. <laughs>